Welcome to iHeartGeek. And welcome to a upcoming three years in the making episode of iHeartGeek. I'm so excited! Little backstory before we start. I'm Dub. I'm here with uh, Todd. I'm here with Mr. Winchester. We're here with Courtney. Now, Courtney, a Two years ago, when she first, when she, she'd been on the show for about a year, she says, Dub, can we do pulp, pulp heroes? I said, okay, we'll do that. And it was on the books. And then something happened and we, it got canceled. So we had to put it, okay, it's okay, Courtney, don't get mad at me. We'll put this on the next, the yeah. next six months. Cause we do the, we do our schedule for six months at a time. Okay, no problem. And then it didn't happen again. Do you see where this story is going? And I was this, even sadder. This is the, we are now up to our fourth time and we are said, we are doing this. I don't care if it's me and Courtney, we are doing this <laughs> one, but luckily we have a fantastic panel to Yay. round up and give this, this, the so you're saying I that could it have slept instead of doing this. No, is that what I, I'm not saying that at all. Take a oh. freaking compliment. You jerk. <laughs> ah. I would have hunched well, down. You. Just saying. Okay. So today's episode is brought you know to you by Secret Dakota Rings. It's the only way to fight crime while listening to the radio in your jammies. Now, except for Old Todd, Old no team. one can relate, but I love the I love the visual of it. <laughs> well, Todd, you and your tube radio that you your whole family sat in front of, listening to Little Orphan Annie and. Before the shadow of Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like, Todd? Tell us about that experience. Discovery what was pulp it like heroes. When dinosaurs rule the earth. <laughs> Visually unappealing. <laughs> it's the fun episode. Yeah. So we are talking pulp heroes. Now, let's before we get into it, 99% of people do not know what pulp heroes is. Apparently, neither did I when I found out that my top five list was garbage according to courtney so tell us what is a pulp i didn't hero? say it was garbage i just said it wasn't correct <laughs> i disagree on at least a couple counts but that's okay that's okay go ahead tell us what a pulp hero is courtney okay this is why his list was garbage um a pulp hero is defined specifically by the time period it was in in which it was created because most of these were done in pulp novels and mm-hmm. radio serials. So they span the time period of like the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s. Now, a lot of them have carried over to even today. They're still very pop- popular. But the coolest part about them is most of them are the basis for our favorite superheroes. Yeah. May I interject? You may. Of course. Okay, the, the, the pulp magazines that these are named after were uh, it's basically the ancestors of the modern comic books, and they were printed mm-hmm. on cheap wood pulp paper, which is where they get their names. Now, I think one of the best stories you can get regarding what pulp heroes were, and then it kind of based on to what the superhero became, is the movie The Watch or the book The Watchmen. Um, Tell me if I'm wrong here, but it, t- it tells the story of all these superheroes or these heroes that were fighting crime and they just decided they wanted a gimmick. So that's kind of how all these heroes evolved. And then the second generation became the 
quote unquote superheroes. And I feel like that's kind of a good story of how it goes from pulp heroes to superheroes. Well, the Watchmen is actually a pretty good representation of the pulp heroes because um, with with very, for the most part, all, all the Watchmen were regular human beings that were just quirky. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they either were super smart, but still human being. They're, they were not superhuman. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, most Dub, of the, most why are of you speaking here, Italian yeah. today? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that was that was probably offensive. I'm sure. <laughs> so, uh, Courtney, then where um, where does it come into with like the the serial newspaper? I know that they kind of did that. They added people into the newspaper strips or serial newspaper strips or like the radio kind of where did, how did those ones come in? Like if you look at say like characters like the shadow, which we'll probably be talking about a lot. Um, like the shadow started as he actually started as a radio serial before he transitioned into mm-hmm. the, the serialized comic strip kind of deal. Um, but others were the other way they started as the serial comic strip and then they moved into there were radio shows and then there were there were saturday yeah there were tv shows but there were also sat there were serials um in terms of films because back at the beginning of the film era um they would do these like little hour-long serials that they would do and you would go and you'd watch two or three of them at a time for a nickel and it was like the perils of Pauline and, and just these random adventures. And they pulled some of the, the pulp heroes from the radio shows and whatnot. And they did things like that. Like the shadow has it and Dick Tracy and bulldog Drummond, those kinds of things ended Buck up. Rogers. So yeah, Buck Rogers. And so in answer to your question, Chris, they kind of overlapped, mm. you know, some were radio, some were comics strips or the weekly, you know, the Sunday funnies yeah. and they would, go back and forth with their stories just based on how they can expand the story or popularity or something Mm -hmm. to that effect. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And most, most of these popped uh, pulp characters that were initially on that cheap pulp paper, uh, they were almost exclusively targeted towards teenage males. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Action. Then let me ask this: Why do does it seem like that has such a strong, so much stronger of a female um, following now with these, with especially with the noir stuff? I mean, that's a lot more became a female based um, genre. So why why where did the switch happen? Anybody know, or why did it happen? I mean, you know, it's like we talk about with our superheroes. You know, our golden age superheroes, Superman and Batman and Captain America, they were geared toward young kids, predominantly boys, like TZ was saying. Um, It's the same thing with these is this the demographic for this was young adult or young males or males in their teens. And then but I mean, you had stuff for girls, too, that was geared toward girls, but maybe it's the same sensibility that we talked about when we've talked about comic books. People have just figured out you can like what you like and yeah. ladies yeah. like and the it, stuff that the men like. And they and spread and enough that, you know, yeah. some women started, hey, what's mm-hmm. this? Leap through it and it twigged. Mm-hmm. So, and, 
you know, like popularity breeds different bases for your, your yeah. fans. Well, and I mean, if you think about, I, like, if you think about Dick Tracy, you have two very strong female characters that, that accompany him all the time. You've got Breathless Mahoney and you've got his sweetheart, Tess Trueheart. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's the same thing with, with the Phantom, you know, Kit Walker's always got his, his trusty sidekick of a female, but she's always just as important to the story. Yeah as the phantom is and you know same with the shadow he's got margot lane and so i mean even though they were geared that way there was still there was these strong female characters even in the 30s and 40s where where the ladies could be like oh well he can't do what he needs to do without her yeah so i mean maybe that's part of it so i i want to ask this question before we move on to the next part that we have Okay, let's let's be honest. Courtney wrote this one. I didn't. So, but, but I want to ask. Um, so, Batman came out around the same time as the pulp heroes. Why was it that split? And he's not a pulp hero, even though technically he has all the same markings of a pulp hero. He has no powers. He's all his mind. He's a detective. Um, you know, I, mean, I can answer that easily. So, Different why did medium. that split? Different medium. Um, all these pulp characters were on pulp cheap paper. Batman mm-hmm. from the original uh, Detective Comics, Detective Comics, was specifically put into a uh, a different kind of print. Mm-hmm. They were going for a different audience. They were going for a little bit more distribution and a lot more money. Honestly, yeah. And technically, he's based on the Shadow. Yes, he is. Well done, Court. Thank you. Sorry. Wait, wait, is that a show? Is that the show? We just we brought it all the way back in a circle, right? (laughs) We're done. We're out. Short show today, folks. (laughs) No, I I feel like that the Batman really is the uh, what the delineation line between pulp heroes and superheroes, and not Superman, Batman, because it's that was the line I think. And Batman um, technically is not a superhero because he's not superhuman. Yeah, he has no powers. So he's the <laughs> he took out Darkseid. Shut up. <laughs> he's just he's a guy world. that's got a lot of money. <laughs> well, and he's I guess you could say, I mean, with the exception of Sherlock Holmes, but in the in the superhero world, he's the world's greatest detective. Yeah. Which fits right into pulp. The pulp heroes. Yeah. So the shadow and the phantom come to mind immediately when you think of Batman. And, and that Absolutely. is one thing we actually have seen crossovers with. Batman has been with the shadow. I've seen him with all sorts of different. Spider. Uh, and I'm glad that DC and Marvel, but mostly DC, has really brought a lot of those pulp heroes in at some point or the other to a lot of their comics. It makes sense for the shadow and the Batman to do a crossover because they're essentially... You know, with the same minor, character. they're essentially okay. this. Yeah, they're essentially the same character. So let's explore that a little bit more. Let's let's discuss um, heroes now that would easily fit into that genre. Um, and, and we could go anywhere from the fifties in comics, but we're saying modern era. But you know, in the in the comic book world, what would fit in that? Um, like, uh, who is it? Uh, 
Batman, Batman. I mean, we've talked about him to death. What are some of the other examples we, we can think of that are that are comic books that have all of the Watchmen? Rorschach is definitely a pulp hero. Yeah, more than any of the other Watchmen, Rorschach is. Yeah, I would get behind that. Um, the obvious one, and we talked about it a little bit before the show, the Rocketeer. Yeah. Now, I think that. 99.9% of the people that are listening to this would call the Rocketeer a pulp hero just because he yeah. wasn't painted on that paper. as such because he was not created in the time period. He's more of an homage to the pulp the hero. The spirit of it but, is the same. Yeah. And, but I mean, he, they've also in recent years, they've thrown him into crossovers. Like you said, they did with Batman. He's done stuff with Flash Gordon and the shadow and phantom too. Yeah. Now that that's another one that people don't think of as a pulp hero, but is was Flash Gordon. Of course. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Right. Uh, well, real real <laughs> quick about back to the Rocketeer. I mean, is it were they trying to create him for? Because I mean, I believe it was like what I was reading was his first appearance in something was like the eighties. Yeah. But I mean, his whole time frame for where he does things is in the thirties, which is a lot of t- a lot of where all these uh, dates are coinciding with everybody. So basically, it's a time period. Well, because uh, we talked about it earlier, Indiana Jones being one as well. Yeah, but and I the Rocketeer, everything about his design is visually Art Deco, mm. and so it's very '30s based. And he's not superhuman; he just figured out a way to basically strap a rocket to his butt and fly, <laughs> just like Wiley Coyote. And a rudder on his head. <laughs> Without the, the circle of, of dust at the ground. <laughs> no, Very cool. But yeah, uh, um, we were talking about, again, uh, Indiana Jones, Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, there was even some mention of, what's his name, Rick O'Connell from The Mummy I series. love that one. <laughs> you like Brendan Fraser. Come on. Who doesn't? Brendan Who doesn't? Come on. Not gonna lie, I do like some Brendan Fraser. <laughs> but again, the character he plays in the Mummy movies is it's like the 40s, isn't it? 30s? Uh, yeah, 30s and 40s. So Perfect. if they if they're set in this world, why can't they still be pulp heroes? If if if, if they have all the earmarks except for the date. Because I feel like even more so than than pulp heroes were of this era, I feel like they were their own thing, and that's that's why I kind of differ with with Courtney on what is the pulp hero. Because I feel like the pulp hero is the spirit of a hero more so than a date. And you can tell me dates. why I'm wrong. You can tell I me why I'm wrong. Of say, a man of action, right? Yeah, I think you could say they're an homage to the pulp heroes and they fit in that world the way they're created, but they are technically not pulp heroes just because of the main reason that TEC said they weren't printed on pulp cheap paper because that's the definition. That's the same thing with pulp novels. And, and some, some of those novels are now considered classics. Literature, classics of things like the Edgar Rice Burroughs stuff, Sherlock, the Edgar Holmes. Rice Burroughs, Sherlock Holmes, um, anything by Raymond Chandler, anything by Dashiell Hammett. So, like the Maltese Falcon and Farewell, My Lovely and Double Indemnity, those things are 
were considered pulp novels just because one the time frame but because of how they were created they were created as throwaway items Mm -hmm. you would read them you would throw it away that's what makes it so valuable today (laughs) right but there are creators out there who are creating characters now that that could be defined i would say as modern pulp heroes because they are so much in the vein of the real of the original pulp as a pulp aficionado such as yourself will you accept them as pulp heroes i'll throw the word modern in front of them but absolutely like i love the rocketeer i consider you you enjoy it just as much hero it gives you the same feeling yeah absolutely and I say that's just where I differ because I just feel like it's the feeling that you get more so than I mean so sometimes you know people say you know what makes this person famous well it's just a feeling that you get from this person I feel like it's the same thing with these heroes there's a feeling you get from the superheroes there's a feeling you get from the pulp heroes um, and there I, I can't put my finger on what it is but there is a feeling to it and that, well, again, that's why a, I have trouble with the definition of pull. A superhero, generally speaking, has superhuman powers. They're, that literally is defined as more than or yeah. above human. Uh, most of the pulp heroes are just human beings that happen to have a specific quirk. Mm-hmm. So would that be the skirting line with like Captain America? Captain America is a superhero because due to the how he Heroes. became Captain yeah. America, he's more than human. But like mm-hmm. taking him from the time frame of all these from his original story and everything, and then you know, putting him in the letting him sleep for how many years? I, I'm, I'm he just get. doesn't feel like the pulp for for whatever reason. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is that where the line kind of ends? Is that you got the pulp heroes, and then you the next move is basically like somebody like Captain America, a normal person, kind of given. Uh, this, well, how about this, Winchester? The difference between Captain America and, say, Sergeant Rock, who's very close to a pulp character, even though he was a comic book character, but he's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, throw both of them off the building. <laughs> Captain yeah. America's going to land on his he's shield live. and go trotting yeah. off. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if it's because, the other thing is, I wonder if it's because Steve is too good. Oh, because yeah, they all had a bad streak. Yeah, if you think about all the pool pillar heroes, like the Green Hornet and you know the Shadow and the Phantom that we've mentioned, and Dick, even Dick Tracy, there's there's that they have that underlying. Yeah, there's the recklessness, and there's also that underlying, like the Shadow is perfectly willing to throw somebody off a building or mm. kill somebody to get the information. Tarzan, he yeah, not afraid Tarzan. of killing. Yeah, but Steve is like, you know, he's that moral compass superhero. So I wonder if that's why he doesn't feel like a pulp hero. Um, I could see where, like what Chris says, where he probably kind of should be. But yeah, I mean, he's also not. And I just wonder if it's because of, you know, he's, he's got a conscience and God's perfect doesn't... soldier or God's mm-hmm. perfect, you know, God's righteous man or whatever Ultron calls it in the movie. Well, You're talking the... about the aspect of goody two shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the other hand, the original Green Lantern, um, goody two shoes. <laughs> yeah, the original Green Lantern, Alan Scott feels like 
even though he had the superpowers, it was definitely a found power. It was there was an explanation to his powers. And he just he feels like a pulp hero to me, which is why, like, you go back in comics and read like Justice Society, they feel uh, Justice League feels like superheroes. They don't feel pulpy at all. The Justice uh, Society with you know the original Green Lantern and um, the original Flash, who wasn't as fast as our Flash now and all that, they feel more like pulp heroes because I feel like almost because of the limits to their powers, maybe. Exactly right. Yeah, maybe. Okay, that's why so, we were talking about the Watchmen with such yeah gusto earlier. Because generally speaking, talking about the, the Watchmen, they're human beings. They're they're not superhumans. So, I mean, I'm not but, talking about Professor Manhattan or, or Doctor Manhattan, Manhattan, of course. But yeah. uh, he is the exception. The rest yeah. of them are humans with quirks. Okay, so this is kind of just reaching, possibly. But just because somebody said it in one of their little profile things that that website you provided, Todd, does Robin Hood fall in any of this? He's way before Pulp. Yeah, I, I understand the time frame, but I mean, I'm saying yeah. like the basis of he feels Robin like Hood. it. Yes, I would say yes and but, no. But according to me saying yes, Batman would also fit into the Pulp culture because he's just a guy. He just happens yeah. to be super rich. Yeah, but I mean, as far as like what they're what they're also trying to do, like we said, you know, somebody will throw somebody else off a building. Robin Hood is, you know, he's oh, he he's going to take everybody down to help I'll put an arrow you know, through your forehead. The yeah, put an well, arrow through your forehead. You could say yes for the sheer fact that Zorro is based on Robin Hood, and Zorro is a pulp hero. No. Zorro is Robin Hood with salsa. Yes. This, yeah, is, this is a perfect segue. Zorro's the Robin Hood of the West. This is mm. a perfect segue. So let's talk now about kind of the modern touch on all these pulp heroes with movies, with just why we're still talking about these heroes. So let's talk some of the some of the more modern versions of the pulp heroes and some of the movies. Um, we had some great discussions beforehand. I hope we can tap back into some of that because it's some fantastic stuff. So let's talk about the movies of Pulp Heroes that just make you love this genre. I would like to make a clarification here. Fire away. I simply adore the music of Queen, but the movie Buck Rogers was a big steaming Flash pile Gordon. of poo. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, excuse me. Yes. Steaming uh, pile of poo. Max said Seed Out as Ming the Merciless. If you, yes. read, if you read and the Brian book. Bless, Brian Blessed is <laughs> Voltime. Die. But that movie does not like feel pulpy at all. Yeah. No, that was the 80s explosion. Oh, that was with the high. Uh, so uh, many sequins uh, had to die for that film. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. So, but, but on with the Flash. I mean, Flash Gordon, we, I don't think I would even qualify that as a pulp movie. Um, the, the hero is, but the movie isn't. It, it, I don't think that took from the source material at all. So it's right, kind of being said, said, it's the template for movies today. Yeah. That being said, <laughs> personally, and I'm probably going to get heckled for this, but uh, the Phantom with who was it? Billy Blaine? Bill, Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Zane. Yeah. What a fun movie. I love it. I hated that movie so much. <laughs> I love it. It's 
you know what though? I think what makes it makes it so enjoyable for me, I don't know for you, TC, is is Billy Zane fully commits to being the Phantom. He's oh, fully committed to being Kit Walker. Yeah. And, and you know what? You know, blasting evil. It's so it fun. It was specifically filmed to to follow along the campiness of the pulp mob model. It, I thought it was just a brilliant piece of filmmaking. And you know what? He's a big dude. And to see him strolling around with a 45 on each hip. Wow. And the big old skull belt. Of course. Skull belt's cool. Yeah. Well, okay. I let, got let that me, out of my system. Let me throw this one out. And this one is technically done correctly, but it just went so wrong. And that was the shadow. It was technically done right. Could have been better. But it was the really bad. was not good. Oh, any of it. Penelope, whatever her name is, was yeah. Just... She was a terrible Margot Lane, oh. and Margot doesn't have Margot doesn't have mental powers like that in that... the comic book. I don't think series. they shouldn't have put in the special effects with all the mind hypnosis things. Maybe a little but bit. That's with what him. he does. That's yeah, what he, he does. The shadow no, he hypnotizes. But I thought the special effects when he they had the on the floor and it goes in the collide. It was too much for me. It didn't feel like pulp to me. Yeah. So okay. is, is, is that this what went wrong? Not- they gave him too many powers? No, where, they tried to where did it jazz it up with CGI. That's what screwed it. They tried to, yeah, I mean, they tried to. They were, Baldwin shouldn't I play think, anything. <laughs> I, think, I think it was around the same time as Dick Tracy. And they were trying to replicate the success of Dick Tracy because Dick Tracy. They did right. It was an amazing movie. Yeah. Dick Tracy is one of, I, I have to fully admit, I haven't seen it in a long time. And during the, uh, during the stuck in the house, COVID lockdown, I was like, I'm going to watch Dick Tracy and it, it holds up and it's so good. And I think what they were trying to do with, and I mean, they're trying to do it with the Phantom too, but the Phantom turned out better, I think. But they were trying to capitalize on that whole Dick Tracy success, and it just they just went horribly wrong with the Shadow. That said, I think we need a new Shadow movie, and I have Dreamcast. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. Could so it be that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, I was going to say. So, what about Dark Man? You guys, did you like that series of movies? The first one, I didn't like the rest of them. Our great now, first somebody, one was epic. Somebody had a story about Dark Man. Who had the story about Dark Man? It might be me. It was you? Was it you? <laughs> tell, tell us what you told us earlier about Dark Man. Okay, so Dark Man, um, <laughs> Sam Raimi, the brilliant, the nerd king singer, yes. Sam Raimi. Wanted, All Sam Raimi. Right, we love you. In Raimi, we trust. Um. Bruce he wanted to do a shadow movie. movie. Yeah. He he literally he's a huge shadow fan, and he wanted to do a shadow film, but the the rights for the shadow are in a weird place, and so they wouldn't they wouldn't sell them to him, and they wouldn't allow him to use the character. So he just created Dark Man, which is basically a ripoff of the, the shadow, shadow with acne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a ripoff of the shadow. So that's why we everybody have believes that he's they, that that's real pulp. Yeah, because it's so similar. I mean, it's 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 a pretty. We love you, Ravi, but it's a pretty blatant ripoff of oh, yeah. the shadow. 
no. but again, it's it's just pulpy enough because, not to get sued by Conde Nast, who owns the though, rights to the show. You know, Dark Man got screwed up and burned up and everything. He's still a human being. He is not a superhuman. And the way they filmed the entire thing is very pulpy. Mm-hmm. Now um, mm-hmm. let's let's talk Mexican Batman or Zorro. Uh, Zorro, uh, Mexican Robin Hood. Oh, sorry, same difference. Let's be honest, because Batman is Robin Hood as well. Um, Little less money involved. Now I have not enjoyed <laughs> any of the movies, but I love the old TV series. So campy. The, and that's what makes it so great. The the Are movies I feel like they're trying to be with Ben Dattles, they're trying to be too sexy and I don't know what it yes. is I haven't liked but, about it. But the what series about Zora the so Gay Blade. Now that's a great Zora movie. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing plum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now let's talk some some of the ones that really did work really well. Um, I well, have one in my head. Uh, hold on. I just but, wanted to throw one in there, but for the, that I was reading about, but Sky Captain in the World Tomorrow, a uh, World of Tomorrow, pardon me. Is that straight that off was, of? That yeah. was, I, that was, that was a made for later one, wasn't it? Yeah. Kind of that they did yeah, that it's one. A yeah. Post modern. Yeah. But the way they filmed it was terrific. My yeah. God. Yeah. The visual of that movie is fantastic. Now, very but, reminiscent yeah. of uh, Sin City, actually. That's, yeah. that's another one I was thinking. That feels like pulp. It's not, it's but it feels like as, it. It's classified as diesel punk. Oh, okay. Really? Not wow. Sin City. Um, Sky Captain is considered <laughs> diesel punk, but so is The Rocketeer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, okay. like, good call there, Sin City feels like pulp, too. If Sin yeah. City feels like, well, Sin City is a noir, it's a neo noir. Yeah, so. that feels like that could have been, other than the hyper violence, it feels like everything that you could have had was, in the pulp. It was made to be that way. Yeah. Honestly. And they did a great job. And that to me, that's why I would consider that pulp, even though it's not from that era. Because it, mm-hmm. remember what I say with that feeling? That gives me the feeling. Now, there's other pulp, pulp heroes that don't have the feeling, but they're definitely pulp heroes. Let's talk when we were talking earlier Conan. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Conan is pulp, and it's awesome. And I've loved mm-hmm. every version. I don't care. I loved all the. I've loved almost every. Did you like the Momoa one? I did. Yeah. Really? I did. But that one has special memories on my on my kids' eleventh birthday. I take them to a, quote unquote their first rated R movie, and we get we we oh, watch wow. movie, and that was Great the one parenting I watched. Dub. What at that <laughs> at that point they can watch whatever they want basically. <laughs> and that's something that we set up a lot of years ago. But that was one I took my kid to, and and I remember that awkward feeling when they have the topless women, and my son's looking at me, and I'm looking, I'm like, I'm not supposed to cover your eyes. I I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. But it was it's a it's a memory, you know. But the, I think the Conan stuff, even though it doesn't give me that feeling, it is by all definitions pulp but it's something that we all love. What, what makes that pulp, even though it's not, it's nothing like we've talked about earlier. He's completely human. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he, no, he's mortal. Oh. Fallible. He could be hurt. He can be killed. Um, but he's a complete That's alpha male man of action. So cuts it like, his his first appearances with everything was Weird Tales magazine in 1932, 
And I mean, to this day, Conan is still in the forefront of, you know, any sort of, you know, characters, cultural icon. Yeah. And the fact that Robert E. Howard was, you know, 30 years old when he passed away and wrote all that Conan stuff, you know, before he died in a small number of years, just tells the brilliance of who that guy was. And it's sad that, you know, we lost him with that. Really did redefine the fantasy genre, period. Semi kind of created a lot of the fantasy uh, uh, genre. Yeah. Well, wasn't it right alongside like Tarzan, though? Burroughs, I think, was before that, wasn't he? I don't know. 1900s. The early 1900s, like 1912. They said his first appearance was All Story, All Story magazine. That's a 20 year difference. So, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That's a nice picture. Tarzan had the same thing, but yeah, I would agree with you. I would say Conan and Tarzan are very close to being, I mean, John Carter of Mars. They're all real similar. I never liked John (laughs) Carter of Mars. Am I the only one? I just just found a little. I love Conan. I didn't like that. Go, what's that? First appearance was in Tarzan of the Apes, All Story Magazine, October 1912. Hmm. And I remember watching. I remember watching those as a kid growing up in my grandparent my grandparents house, the black and white. Oh, oh, oh. Johnny, Johnny White. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it but it is an indelible Even mark. The best Tarzan. Yeah, I don't think they've gotten it right in any of the quote unquote modern versions of Tarzan either. You know what? The the latest one that came out with the uh the little blonde girl who plays I didn't Sorry? watch that one. The one oh, with, oh, with Skarsgard? Skarsgård is the latest one. The, the, yeah. uh, the one that his that Jane was the little blonde that plays uh, Joker's girlfriend. Margot, Margot Robbie? Robbie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, she plays Jane Porter. That was an excellent movie. I enjoyed the hell out of that. I haven't seen that one yet. I, oh. I remember watching Greystoke Legend of Tarzan and I was like, okay. I oh, like the original. You guys haven't seen the worst oh, one. one. You, you gotta mm-hmm. see the one with Casper Van Dien as Tarzan. Oh. It's oh, horrid. I know. It is so bad. That good, huh? <laughs> but since you know, we're talking about my my boyfriend Brendan Fraser. I mean, he was George of the Jungle, and that's kind of tough, George. Man. George. George of the Jungle. <laughs> that was an enjoyable movie. Now, <laughs> having your best friend be a gorilla that talks like John Cleese. <laughs> now another okay. another hero. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk. Factoid. Uh, Conan. Uh, first appearance, Phoenix on the Sword in Weird Tales magazine, December of 1932. Yeah, that's a big difference between Tarzan and, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they could have existed without each other. And as much as John Carter was important, I think Conan was more important. John Carter is basically Tarzan because it's also also Edgar Rice Burroughs. Yeah. So it's the same guy. He just basically created the space version of Tarzan. Um, I don't know why none of us are bringing up uh, that wonderful Howie Mandel movie, Walk Like a Man. Never saw it. I don't even know that. I've never even heard of it. Okay, so I'm signing off now because nobody knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, none of you guys have ever seen that movie? I've never even heard of it. It's 1987, so TC was already 40. (laughs) <laughs> so, so I wasn't born yet. Uh, yeah. 87? Yeah, you were already 30, bud. 
no, Hell in really? the Cell. They they find him in the jungle and like domesticate him. Basically, he was raised. It was it was like a offshoot type deal of you know terribleness of Tarzan Georgia the jungle type deal. It's a horrible movie. I just yeah. it, it made me think of it for some reason. Now so. let's talk arguably the most important of the pulp heroes that got made into a movie, Indiana Jones. I don't know why we're missing that one. Not a pulp hero. Not a pulp hero. Because he was created in 1980. Indiana Jones is literally a character from the movie. It feels like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's one of those ones that it just, it transcends the date. And John Carter from Mars. You remember how I said what year Tarzan was invented? 1912? Uh Uh-huh. John Carter for Mars. First appearance, 1912. <laughs> what a coinky dink. <laughs> writer. was doing a lot in 1912, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Important question before we get to our non-top five list. <laughs> why have these characters, why do they still endure? Why do we give a crap after all these years? The so everyday, I want to hear everybody's opinion on it. The everyday man. I mean, if we're going to talk about it or, I mean, it's back to Conan. I mean, it's just a big dude who can run around and, you know, tear you apart with a sword. And, you know, he's just a big, you know, barbarian bar. Yeah. Bar fighter, you know, type, you you know, you can draw all that from it, but it's almost the everyday man. Like we've been talking about, you know, that somebody can be, uh, you know, work out a little bit, pick up that sword and go after him. I mean, Dick Tracy just being just, you know, super detective. Yeah. So I, I I think that's my thought for it is just an everyday man type thing. Very good. So, Todd, what do you think? Pretty hard to put a, a topper on that one, Winchester. You, you shot the arrow right in the middle of the target there. Um, <laughs> it it gives the it's like Robin. The, I mean, obviously <laughs> they're all about action, it's adventure, contest. But it gives the reader the thought that you two could do this mm-hmm. if you just apply yourself. That's a nice little. You know, fantasy and and this is bef- you know generally speaking, the pulp novels is way before television. Yeah, not everybody even had radios, but they could afford that. You know, two pennies for a mini comic book printed on crap paper. Mm. Fair enough. Courtney, go ahead, school us all. No, I actually kind of agree with the guys on this one because I, you know it's all. <laughs> It falls in line with what we talked about when we talked about the history of superheroes. It's like people people like to look up to something. You know, people need heroes, especially in times of hardship. And what was so cool about the pulp heroes is it was a weekly thing that they could listen to on the radio or they could read the little magazines like TC was saying. Or, you know, you could spend the nickel and go watch three or four of them in a row theater yeah or the pink you know and so but like like winchester was saying you can almost see yourself in them as well because they don't have any powers but i mean with the exception of maybe the phantom i mean with the exception of the shadow because he can cloud men's minds but it's not really a superpower the black bat was just a guy but he was blind and and he can see it in the dark Yeah, Yeah, yeah it was basically daredevil um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could, they were, they were easy to, they were easy to pretend that you were Lamont Cranston 
or you were Kit Walker or you were the Green Hornet and Kato, you know, because they they were they were just regular guys mm-hmm. or girls who just did extraordinary adventures. Very good. Okay, let's move on to our main event. Now it's time for the main event. And welcome back. Um, So for this main event, we're not doing our normal top five because once again, Courtney shames me. She would school us all. Well, it's because we all kind of had, except for Deb. Um, we all kind of had the same time. Mine were so, different. <laughs> so then, right now, iHeartKey presents to you the top 20 given by Courtney. Go for it. <laughs> and, and we'll just go. Uh, and go. And, yep, and go. No, we're just going to actually... Tell something. <laughs> we're just going to discuss some of our favorite of the Pulp Heroes, favorite storylines, and um, in my case, some that I think are, are Pulp Heroes that aren't at all. So, um, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we need to do these in order, but we'll kind of do these a little bit. Todd, tell me what, what is some of your favorites? You don't have, don't give us your whole list, but give me some of your favorites and why. Well, one of my absolute favorites is Zorro. And it's the same story every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Hey, they keep it fresh and it's one guy doing a whole lot of good. I mean, it's, it's Robin hood with, salsa like i said but you know i come from southern california originally i can get down with the desert uh, escape and everything uh it's just one of those entertaining lines that never gets old for me very good give us give us one of yours there winchester so as i've been looking through this uh this whole thing and i'm not going to give like a favorite one but i'm going to give one just throw out a name to uh, that they say that definitely maybe somebody should probably look up if they're interested in it because I I'm gonna seek it out. But there is the uh, Crimson Clown. What is that? Ooh. That sounds amazing. Uh, the uh, real name is Delton Krause, uh, occupation ethical thief, playboy, former hunter, explorer, soldier. Uh, his enemies is. Uh, is pardon me, Detective Dommler, and his first appearance was Detective Story Magazine, Street and Smith, nineteen twenty-six. He's a good fighter, and he uses a gas gun. So, and the real quick history that they give right here is Playboy Delton Prowse decided, for undisclosed reasons, to use the skills he had picked up during the Great War and subsequently as an explorer and a big game hunter to write injustices. By stealing from those who had profited unfairly from others, then giving the money to those who more readily deserved it. It doesn't sound like a whole lot of, lot of Robin Hood. Yeah, disguised as a crimson clown, he went on a Robin Hood crime spree, spree <laughs> pursued by police detective Dahmer. Dahmer? Dahmer. You got to see, see this picture of the crimson clown. He's got yeah. a red baggy jumpsuit with a frilly red thing around there. The neck. A white painted face. I've never even heard of this one and I'm super excited to go look it up now. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That's, that, that's going to be what I'm going to start giving out for the next five minutes. So Courtney, I'll t- drop something um, on us. 
I'm going to be a little specific. There no. is there's currently in Dynamite. Dynamite Comics has has Shadow has the Shadow, yes. and so they've been doing new runs of the Shadow, and they're they're great. But there's one where he he has to he comes to Las Vegas because he's you know fighting against the mob, so he's in the 40s, and he may or may not have killed Bugsy Siegel. Wow. I should even check that one out. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I've got it. You can have it. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting way to use the shadow. So now I want to bring one up that once again, to me feels pulpy and I know it's not, but I think I I would give it an honorary. And this was just for you, Courtney Vampirella. Everything from the costume to who she is to the, Hundreds of thousands of ep- of issues she has been in. She just feels like a pulp hero to me, especially with that costume, because that costume is the greatest thing that was ever. That costume ever would not written, have been acceptable in the 20s and 30s. <laughs> costume. <laughs> it wasn't acceptable in 69 when it came out either. Yeah. <laughs> Funny I, enough. I, I, always, I always joke. I mean, mainly because her belly button showing, and that was a no-no. So yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw that one out just, for, <laughs> just just to see the expression on. He really just wanted to torque me off, listeners. A That's little bit because it's fun. <laughs> Got another one for us there, Todd. Well, are we talking like modern editions what, or just whatever you're t- whatever you want to want to bring up so people should look up? Buckaroo Banzai. Is that one of the finest pulp? movies ever? Peter Weller, modern pulp. John with uh, Lithgow. It's a, a immediate classic. We were expecting that to turn into like a series of movies because the cult following on it was so Huge. intense. And it just one and done her. Uh, but yeah, a great story, great writing, great acting. Uh, one for the ages. Very good. Um, Robocop as Buckaroo Banzai. I'm all in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, yeah, so this is Cobra. Real name D. Francis Cobretti? Nope. nope. <laughs> oh, that be, yeah. that, I, I, I'm with you on that one. And he does have a toothpick. That is his main uh, source of uh, power. Weaponry. <laughs> uh, his occupation is secret agent working for British intelligence. Uh, first appearance Terror Towers, 10 Detective Aces, January 1934. This is what I love right here. Powers and abilities. Expert at yogi mysticism, including creating <laughs> illusions in men's minds, moving smoothly without noise, and entering a death-like suspended animation, allowing him to survive being buried alive for days. Good hand-to-hand fighter and shot. Carries a cigarette lighter modified to shoot darts dipped in lethal, fast action snake venom. He's James Bond. <laughs> Cobra. Yeah. I've never even heard of him. Cool. Courtney, what do you got? Um I will say we mentioned it before, but I'm gonna mention it again. Go watch the Phantom movie with Billy Zane because it's just stupid. I'll give it campy, another try. Too stupid campy fun. Oh yeah. And honestly, he's a big boy. He fills out that purple suit pretty good. 
And if I not remember correctly, way, it was much like it was I much like. I did not think that. Um, I did. I think <laughs> I think the same thing happened with Billy Zane that it did with Hemsworth when he was playing Thor. Um, he got they measured him for the the costume fitting, and then when they came back for the actual shooting, and they gave him the costume, the costume was too small because oh, yeah. he bulked up so much that they just had to build him a new costume. But I mean, what's cool about the Phantom costume for Punisher fans out there who love, like DC's got the Punisher shirt on where there's the skull. If you look, what's cool about the Phantom's costume, it has always been this way, is the illusion. There is the skull on the costume, but it's only when you look at it in certain lights in certain hmm. ways. Yeah. So and it matches his ring. Very good. And his so, belt buckle. And his belt buckle. Okay, I'm going to give, um, let, let's do two more after this. So one and two. So I want to throw this one out and this one, you can argue with me all you want, but if you talk to me long enough, will. you know that I'm a freaking the world's biggest um, Sandman fan. Now, I'm not talking the Dream Master Sandman. I'm talking the, the Sandman from the 30s and 40s that wore the gas mask that... Uh, he was he was basically a Batman, and he was just such a fun character that feels very pulpy to me. Now, fast forward, if you go in, he's actually referenced in the Sandman novels. Said, well, when I would, because he had disappeared for a while for various reasons, but he goes, when I had disappeared, the mantle had to be taken up, and it was just like in the in the ether. And that's why he grabbed the Sandman with the gas mask, which looks like Sandman and his mask, which I thought was a great just full circle that brought the pulp into the modern. It was a great whatever Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fantasy, I guess. But so go ahead and yell at me if you want to, Courtney, but I'm sticking with that one. I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Todd, give me one. Well, you know, you got to go. Buck Rogers. Oh, you know, yeah, the Aaron Gray. <laughs> yeah, and which and in which we're actually that, getting a new we're getting a new reboot. I don't want. I it. saw. Damn Why it! I don't want it. But I was gonna. I was you gonna. Know what, what, I appreciated as a kid the cartoon Duck Dodgers from the twenty third and a half century. Anything yet? Yeah. Sorry. Nothing. I'm yelling at Doug because he's like, it looks as bad as Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy but Bebop is the worst piece released, of crap in the so world. So you can't Sorry, actually make that okay. distinction. Okay. Because nothing is All right, but Cowboy now Bebop. Buck Rogers. Go back to where you were. Obviously, Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon are essentially the same thing. Yeah. Um, I do have to give a, a shout out to Duck Dodgers and the, oh, from the 23rd and a half century. Yes. Yes. One of the most brilliant cartoons I've ever seen. Uh, but I agree yeah. with you. But Buck Rogers is essentially once again Robin Hood in outer space. Yeah. What are but you gonna so, do? I don't think the series, the the more modern series with Gil, whatever his name is, Aaron, yeah, Gil Gerard. I don't feel like that really took that as much into. It's okay. That's what it was based on loosely. And then they just put a and I love I love that by the way yeah just, and they just put a super villain up there in what was his uh, Ming the Merciless okay you got to fight someone I guess beady beady 
Mr. Winchester. <laughs> very, very nicely done, Todd. Uh, the next one that intrigues me is the Domino Lady. Oh, that was going to be mine. But go oh, ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Nope, go no, ahead. I, we'll share. We'll I share. Just, yeah, the, her real name is She has Ellen a thousand. Patrick. It's okay. Uh, her occupation is socialite. Her enemies are crooked politicians, gangsters, and secret societies. Uh, first appearance, Saucy Romantic Adventures, The Domino Lady Collects, May 1936. And this is the best part about it. Powers and abilities. The Domino Lady has no exceptional powers, just guts, brains, and a lot of luck. And she just kicks everybody's uh, butt, apparently, because they kill her father. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, she... Winchester. She wreaks havoc. With the name, does it bring to mind anything from, I don't know, the, the uh, what's Ryan Reynolds' uh, Domino. Deadpool? Deadpool? Domino? Deadpool? Domino, yeah. Domino's oh, yeah. a human being, but she's really lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. There we go. I wonder if that was a basis thing. I never even thought of yeah. that before. Very it was awesome. a homage to the Domino, uh, the original uh, Domino lady. Because that's what she relied on is looks and luck. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They, the one of the things, the big thing they talk about. Well, one thing is they make sure to tell everybody she's a college graduate. But you have to remember at that yep. point in time that was From like over women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things they always talk about, and here, Deb, this is for your vampirella, is she wore a backless dress, Ooh. and she used her sex appeal to baffle the gentleman that she was trying to take down and also to getting close to them uh mm-hmm. playing a, a beautiful lady batting your eyes and and playing like you're not smart is a great way past most guys defenses yep. uh, a femme fatale a jennifer blood in in the jigs yeah. yeah yeah exactly good call winchester mm-hmm. okay Thank give you. us some give us another one there there courtney I'm just, I'm, I just built on the Domino Lady. She's okay. one of my favorite too. So, <laughs> okay, we got one last. This is the last round. Okay, I am gonna go with disagree all you want, but if you watch them together, and I've just, I love how earlier, it prefaces that on everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I had, I had a different definition going in, and that would be Justice <laughs> Society, which I talked about earlier. But if you watch, if you read Justice Society with Justice League. It's very, very, very apparent. They're two completely different eras. They're two different things. And that's why I will give the Justice Society kind of that it thing as far as it feels pulpy. And honestly, and you should check out some of those old comics. They're a lot of fun. They're more fun than modern comics. And I think that's missing a lot, which is why the certain... DC and Marvel's sales are in the toilet because maybe you should make comics fun again. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Todd. <laughs> uh, my favorite of all time is always going to be Tarzan. Just has to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- besides the fact that he fights against all the animal screw uppery, there's always opportunities to throw in human screw uppery to go around the storylines. Yeah. Never ending story. Never ending story. Uh, you got to appreciate a guy you had who just to. fights I anything that bothers him and wipes with a, you know, tree branch. <laughs> and, and well, at least he knew it wasn't uh, poison ivy. Poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> you only make that mistake once. 
<laughs> Winchester. Now, now that the potty <sighs> jokes are done, let's give it. Let, let's hear oh, your last one. i you. Don't let the sadness. Yeah. So, and now reading all this, which once again, Todd, thank you for this website. This is fantastic where all these are coming from. And I never even realized it, but this is good for me to be somebody who I really like, uh, the saint. Really? How was it? He was a pulp hero? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, real name. I love this. Simon Templar, possibly. Yep. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> adventurer and thief. Uh, his first appearance was uh, Meet the Tiger, who the publisher was Ward Locke, uh, September 1928. Powers and abilities, quick-witted, resourceful, and inventive, good fighter. So, Sounds and, like Batman. It was yeah. a tragically mm-hmm. overlooked movie. I, I, I love that movie. Great. Yeah. Oh, and Val Kilmer? Yes, yes, I and, thought it was uh, amazing. Elizabeth Shue. Yep. Yes. I, I love Great you movie. guys. Great movie. Because I thought I was the only person that <laughs> oh, liked no. that movie. I don't know <laughs> why that got the, the scrutiny it got. That was such a... He's so good. That should have been a flagpole or tentpole movie. There, there was five sequels in that movie. It was so interesting. Look. Listen, uh, Val Kilmer can do no wrong to me. I mean, first uh, off, playing Batman. Jim Morrison. Um, Bat- and Batman and Robin. I don't Hall care. Day. He can still be Batman. He was Jim Morrison. He was so bad. And he was Doc Holliday. He can do no I wrong. I like this Batman. I'm with you, Courtney. I enjoyed him as Batman. Too. I'm with you. Mm, Batman. So, yeah. What about the, the Val Kilmer Appreciation Society mentioned? Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And by the way, there were, I guess... The uh, the big screen. Uh, let's see, television. Roger Moore. Yes, there we go. He was a good saint uh, too. As Ian usual, everything Ogilvy. he touches turns to dog crap. He was just James Bond as the saint, and he turned that into dog crap too. My right. personal opinion. So I think what was so good about Val Kilmer as the saint is is because Kilmer is so good at being a chameleon when he's in his roles. Absolutely. When when Simon was doing all of his different characters, you know, that that's essentially what the saint does. Every time he was embodying a, Simon as a different person, he was, it was totally believable. Totally believable. He was entirely, he was a different person. And so I think yeah. that's what makes that, that. Movie and so I, I'm going to tell our listeners right now, go and find that movie. I don't, I don't even know. I think it's on it. Netflix. If it's not, yeah, it's on. It is definitely on one of the streaming ones. It I've seen it come so across. It's so worth it. It's just such a fun movie. Or you know, you you can own the movie. It's okay yes. too. You know, that, that's a good for thing. those who who are not collectors anymore. I know there was a new TV show version that came out, but I haven't seen any of it. I didn't watch any of it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Kilmer is a pretty but, hard yeah. act to follow. Oh yeah, yes. agreed. Okay, Courtney, you give us your final one. Blow us all away. Destroy okay. this place with your vast no. knowledge of pulp. This is just my favorite. And I wish I wish there would be a it's Vampirella. Version. No. <laughs> um, it'll never the answer will never be Vampirella. <laughs> Kilmer. <laughs> Vampirella. Kilmer can play Vampirella and nail it. <laughs> all right, that I will accept. That I will accept. That was um, I'm never gonna get that image out of my head. Just now. Won. You I won know, right? the internet. 
Thank you. Don't even try anymore. He won iHeartGeek. I'm done. The show is I'll now see yours. You all later. You uh, own the show now. Mic drop. <laughs> I need a mic. Okay, so there was a run in Dynamite Comics not too long ago. And it was literally called the Justice Justice Society of America, but it wasn't the Justice Society. It was Society. masks. It was the mask. Yeah. It was Doc Savage, the Phantom, the Shadow, and um oh poop. Never heard of Oak I know who you're talking about. It's bothering me. <laughs> I can't think of the name. It was the four of them. It was the four of them. Um, but it was a uh, Doc Savage, the Phantom, the Shadow. I have it somewhere um, in my boxes, and I'm not. Mm. Was it like in Green Hornet? Head. Yes, it was yes. A Green Hornet. Yeah, and so it was all four of them, and it was basically a team up of all four. That's of a them. pretty outstanding the, lineup. It's the first time in the, all their histories that they they were in a book together. Or they were together. And so, no, it was Zorro. It was Zorro. Zorro. That's who it was. <laughs> it was Zorro, the Phantom, the, the uh, Doc Savage, and the Shadow. And uh, it was the most fun romp. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, because Zoro and um, Zoro and the fa- the Shadow would would get into it because you know the Phantom uses guns, Zoro uses a whip, and he's like, "What damage can you do with a whip?" And Zoro's like, "I'll show you." How <laughs> <laughs> so, that hurts, great. you know something like I, that. I I would love to see a movie mashup oh. like the Avengers of these characters. That'd be a tough right, and, but yes. Do I have do I have ideas of who should play them in my head? Yes, sir. I certainly do. do. But yeah, but I would Courtney. Just, they already did make a movie like that. Mystery Men. Oh, little bit, yeah. Little, a little yes. bit, yeah. A little I will bit. give you that. That Mystery <laughs> Men could be a pulp. Absolutely. They're all yes, normal would, people. Definitely well, I don't mind. Uh, (laughs) i get angry (laughs) i shovel and i shovel Um, such a great underappreciated another underappreciated movie i agree soundtrack with uh saw it in the movie theater thought you'd all appreciate that and that is the show guys thank you so much for everybody for joining us um next week I think that we are taking the week off because it is Thanksgiving. So we will be putting up a Patreon episode for y'all to enjoy. And until next time, I'm Dub. I'm here with Todd. I'm here with Mr. Winchester. We're here with Courtney. Check out the website. Do all this www.iheartgeekshow.com. Use the com. We paid extra for it. Go to our Patreon. Go to everything else. And until next time, keep on geeking on, guys. You've been listening to the latest episode of the iHeartGeek Show. Make sure you visit our website at www.iheartgeekshow.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you check us out on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And keep on geeking on to all of you geek rock stars.